There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. Jim. Hello. Appreciate you, man. You stepped in for me, saved me last night on uh, Amp After saved Hours. You. Much appreciated for that. And mm-hmm. uh, Jim will be with us here in about 30 minutes. We're going to go first to Dr. Kirk Elliott. Kirk, how are we doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Looking at the uh, economy, the markets are down today. We have earnings reports coming out for a lot of the banks. What can we expect here? Because, you know, the banks had a, a, a pretty bad quarter last month or last quarter. And we're seeing, you know, a lot of manipulation, I believe, in the market with the Fed pumping liquidity in. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, there's there's a few things all running parallel together. So, number one, the, the Fed announcement is coming out real soon and looks like they're going to raise rates another quarter of a point. That's my expectation. Um, because the inflationary pressures still have not subsided. And they're becoming very perilously close to absolutely killing the economy with rates that are too high. Right? And, they, and they know it, which is why they're hem-hawing around and saying, well, man, do we, do we raise rates? Do we just keep them the same for a while? What do we do? But, but here's the problem that they're not considering, which is slowing down the unrelenting printing of money. Right? I mean, that's the root cause of the inflation. So so now that they're full-on expecting rates to go up another quarter of a point to try to tackle inflation, which it won't actually do anything for it, um, you're, you're seeing markets like the, the crypto world just getting shellacked. Bitcoin um, that's down a lot, you know, because they're, they're expecting these inflationary prices, higher interest rates to really impact that. Now, the banks, completely different story. Right. So so as we look at what's happening with the emergence of central bank digital currency and everything that's that's coming down the pike with the with the integration now of the Fed now app into our lives, it's being launched by, you know, four four or so big financial institutions to be unloaded to the masses by July. I mean, we look at if you look at what has happened to the banking world, uh, just this first quarter of the year, right? Just in the first quarter, um, top U.S. banks revealed, this is a report from Bloomberg yesterday, $521 billion deposit drop, which is the most in over a decade, <laughs> right? I mean, $521 billion. So that's M2 money supply leaving the system. So to me, it, this is this is a function of a couple of things because this gigantic amount of deposits being withdrawn in just the first three months, we have another nine months to go, right? And they've already taken out half a trillion. Um, what's what's happening? Retail is catching on to the banking crisis. They're starting starting to withdraw cash in large numbers, and this is the early stage of a bank run. But also, I think it's a little more nefarious than that than just. Depositors pulling money out, uh, retailers pulling money out, commercial banks pulling money out, right? It's, it's because they're fearful of, of are our funds even going to be around in the bank tomorrow? 
right? I mean, this is the ominous concern that most people have. It's like they don't know if the safest asset they should have in the world, their checking account, is even going to be around tomorrow because banks are failing left and right. So, But I think it's more sinister than that. I think in the march towards towards central bank digital currency, you're seeing the M2 money supply just being um, dismantled by the Fed. You've got to pull paper money out of the system. You know, something has to die in this world for, for something else to be able to give birth to it, right? So, so this new system of central bank digital currency, when you understand what it is, like you and I do and like we keep talking about, it's all about people control. It's all about the ability to, to cut us off from buying or selling. But also, from a governmental level, it's all about taxation. You can't tax something that you don't know about. Private paper money is still can be private. You can go to the gas station. You can go to the grocery store. You can go to a farmer's market, pay cash. Nobody knows that it's there. It's like, you know, the old term. It's like it's under the table kind of payments, right? So the government can't tax that. So when they're starved for revenues, they want to be able to track everything so they can tax everything. That's where central bank digital currencies and making everything digital is coming to the forefront. So to make that really work in their world, you've got to eliminate cash from the system, which which will be able to make everything taxable because everything's going to be known. There is no nothing that's a private transaction anymore. But but it also they have to get rid of it so they don't have any competition, right? So so this is why we're seeing half a trillion dollars leave the M2 money supply just in the first three months of this year. But what else is happening to the banks, which is causing, you know, like what you started with, banks having the worst quarter in a long time, right, just being shellacked. Well, U.S. bank lending slumps by the most on record in the first weeks of March. So the commercial banks that we talked about, they got sandwiched between two problems. Um, On one side, depositors are taking money out at a record rate. And on the other side, at the same time, interest rates and rising um, interest rates are rising. Inflation is persisting. So people and businesses are not taking out loans because they can't afford the interest rate. The banks are, are being extra careful now in loaning money because of high business failures and mortgage default. So these commercial banks, they're, they're starved for liquidity, Josh. And, and if they don't get out of loans, they don't make money. They have to give loans to make money. That's how banks make money. So to catch 22 for commercial banks and in this game of musical chairs, you know, do you want to be the last one standing? No, you never want to be in that game. But here's where we're, we're seeing problems, structural problems in the economy that that are actually structural. Moving forward, it is a game-changing thing. Things as we know it in the past are not going to be in the present in the future. Things are changing. And I'm seeing increasing chatter, you know, from different bank reports and different um, people in the financial world, you know, presidents of banks and, and you know, the, the Bank of International Settlements, the World Economic Forum, you know, that, that banks across the board are going to stop giving out home equity lines and new construction mortgages loans. It's like, what? They're actually talking about not giving out home equity lines of credit anymore and putting a halt on construction lending? Well, that would kill the real estate market overnight, right? But, but if you think about it, 
when interest rates are rising, people's wages are coming down, inflation is persisting, and P- and banks give out money on a home equity line thinking, all right, uh, you know, their house is going to go up in value. If we give out 90% of the value of their home now, we're going to be fine moving forward. Well, what about when, when real estate prices are dropping like a rock and you give out this home equity line, it puts the bank at financial risk because people aren't going to be able to afford to pay those adjustable rate basically payments in a rising interest rate world where the value of their homes are dropping, the banks can be underwater really, really quick. So here's why the conversation is starting to be had. Let's not even give out home equity lines anymore. Well, in a world where people need capital because their wages aren't keeping up with inflation and they don't even have access to to a home equity line, maybe their credit cards are maxed out, this spells destruction for, for the real estate market and for basically – um, consumer-based economy moving forward. And this is just the ramifications of bad policy coming out of D.C. We have Biden to thank for this um, and his goofy policies that are actually dismantling the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. Now we have to pay the pay the piper. We have to face the music on this one. Well, you know, it was interesting, too, because I saw the largest private investor in U.S. securities in Japan – has recently dropped six is dropping six hundred and eighty billion dollars worth of U.S. bonds back onto the market. This was announced yesterday. Uh, I found it interesting because it was just a few days after the assassination attempt of the Japanese prime minister, and all of a sudden we have this private firm in Japan dropping all this debt. What happens if the BRICS nations and other allied nations begin dropping this debt back onto the market? Well, it's, it's excess supply and, and little demand, right? It's going to cause the prices to come down. See, there, there's been a, a rationale why they haven't done this already, right? With rising interest rates, the value of these bonds, the value of these treasuries that they own keeps coming down every month. So, I mean, if I were a, a smart investor, right, if I were them and they were smart, it's like, oh, let's just get rid of our bonds right now. Let's just dump them because as the U.S. continues to raise rates, as the Fed continues to raise rates, the value of these bonds is going to come down every month. Well, you dump them too quick, and now it, it creates a free fall, and they shoot themselves in the foot because they can't get rid of enough of them quick enough, and, and they basically, their own action creates the cycle that just destroys their investment. So they're having to do it at a systematic rate. But, but here's where I think... What's the, uh, what's the offset? The offset is they are fighting and positioning themselves to be the next world's reserve currency. Mm-hmm. At some point, you might just take an immediate loss, knowing that, hey, the, the benefit that comes from being the world's reserve currency and automatic built-in demand for your currency, that's going to move forward for decades in your favor. So I have a feeling they might just start dumping this stuff um, oh, just because they, they need to, and that would be devastating. For the U.S. dollar, devastating for the U.S. economy because there's too much, too much out there, and nobody wants it. All right, we'll be right back with more Dr. Kirk Elliott on the Dark Delight Show right after this.
Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. Talking to Dr. Kirk Elliott about the state of the economy, of the financial systems here in the United States. And there's big concern all around. Not only do we have the dropping of the BRICS nations putting the the U.S. debt back on the market, which will basically hyperinflate the U.S. dollar and cause prices to rise and skyrocket and devalue our, our purchasing power. You know, we also have the Joe Biden administration right now. We had a 40% increase within the Department of Defense budget for next year. Uh, radicalized spending. They're trying to get through the, uh, the deficit spending this year. Um, how bad is it, Kirk, when our government just writes themselves a blank check? Well, they should be used to it by now. I mean, <laughs> it's bad because ultimately you can get by with that for a while when you just first start and you have enough government tax revenues coming in to fund any kind of that debt. It's just like a person, right? It's just like a family that has excess capital, so they get a credit card, right? And they start spending a little bit more. But ultimately, you hit a point of critical mass, and it's like, oh. We, we can't keep spending this. Look, this kind of caught up on us, and it snuck up on us, right? And so so it, it's bad when, when they realize, well, they don't really have credit card debt. They just have a printing press. 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and every time they do that, it actually impacts us. It hurts us and the taxpayers and the citizens of the country because they devalue the currency. And no politician wants to actually the economy to fall on their watch, right? So, so therefore, they, they just keep printing, 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 kicking the can down the road. Well, at some point, you have to pay the piper, and we're pretty much there. You know, I saw a video a couple days ago. Remember a few weeks ago, Josh, maybe it was two weeks ago, time's flying. We, we saw the, the president of Kenya make an announcement, a weird kind of cryptic announcement that said, hey, the, the U.S. dollar was going to really tumble in a couple of weeks. And he's warning Kenyan citizens to actually get out of the dollar, right, because he doesn't want them to participate in what's coming. Mm-hmm. So then the central bank of Kenya responded to that that evening, which said, okay, there's actually some credibility to this statement. He's not just some rogue African nation leader, right? He is, he's actually telling something that's true because they had to put foreign exchange controls on the U.S. dollar with the central bank of Kenya. So then just two days ago, two days ago, he speaks again. And on the video, he's got his, his probably his cabinet standing behind him on the podium, and he's telling everybody, it's like, hey, the U.S. dollar in the next two to three days, there's something big that's going to happen. I need everybody to get out of the U.S. dollar. And we're going to start trading energy and raw materials in the Kenyan shilling. So basically, what did he just say? He said, we're getting rid of the U.S. dollars, the petrodollar. There's something big that's going to happen to it. I want all Kenyans to benefit from this. And while he's smiling, the cabinet members behind him are like, you know, laughing about it and it's like what this isn't really funny except in to us but to them it's like all right we see something coming we're going to protect kenyans and what it was coming in two to three days we don't know but that's like today right it's like yeah so so whatever they're seeing is is something that's going to happen that's going to crush the u.s dollar and he's warning and and what did he say in this statement two days ago he said Get out of the U.S. dollar, and you can thank me later. It's like, what? What's going on? So, so the fact that when we hear that kind of stuff, and we don't just laugh it off as wild nut jobs, somebody saying something, but it's actually plausible. It's like, okay, the dollar is collapsing. There's banks that are failing. Country after country after country. You know, in the last couple of weeks, um, what have we seen? We've seen Brazil cut a a bilateral trade agreement with China to trade in the yuan rather than the U.S. dollar. We saw India do the same thing with Russia, right, trading in rupees. We've seen Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Russia do a trilateral trade agreement to trade in in the ruble. It's like, wait a second, take a step back on that one. Iran and Saudi Arabia going into an economic partnership? They hate each other. (laughs) They have for since the beginning of time. And then we saw Japan basically thumb their nose at the uh, G7 nations and the accord that they signed to cap Russian oil at $60 a barrel. And they said, hey, Russia, we're actually going to, you know, I know that our, that our allies said we're going to cap this, but, but we're actually going to buy oil from you at whatever the market prices are. So what did Japan do? They basically said, we're, we're aligning with the BRICS nation. And they've got China breathing down their neck on the South China Sea there, and and they've been enemies since the beginning of time as well, China and Japan, but, but by their actions, Japan saying, this is a hard thing for me to say, but they're saying, we want to join a winning team, right? They, 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 they see the, the just giant 
sucking sound of this vacuum of power leaving the West, leaving the London and New York financial bank system, and going to Shanghai and going to the BRICS nations and and all these countries that are making this move. They're saying, we want to be part of it. Well, now Mexico is petitioning to be part of the BRICS nations. Mexico. If we thought we had problems with China now, Josh, imagine if they'd, they'd become part of that coalition, view it as like the BRICS nations is like NATO, right? Economically, politically, everything kind of aligned with each other. We'd have China on our southern border. It's like imagine the problems and ramifications that come from that. This is an absolute dismantling of the world's reserve currency that we've known and had to, to, we've had the luxury of benefiting from since July of 1944 with the Bretton Woods Act that made us the world's reserve currency. And then you add to that in 1973, the emergence of the petrodollar gave us reserve currency status on steroids, right? And so now that's being dismantled. The BRICS nations, China and Putin and everybody else, they can't just come in and say, hey, we want to be the world's reserve currency. I was like, you've got to, you've got to actually fix something. You've got to make something die so you can give birth to you. So what are they doing? Individually, those countries, Josh, don't have the economic clout, the military clout, the political clout, which is what you need to be a world's reserve currency. But collectively, they do. Collectively, they are bigger than the United States. Well, then you have to dismantle the petrodollar and basically basically erode people's faith and confidence in the U.S. economy so they will want something new. And then you have to actually dismantle their faith and confidence in the banking system so they can bring in their, in their own central bank digital currency that's this BRICS currency, right? They're doing all of that. People's faith and confidence in banks is eroded and the U.S. economy is eroded. But there's one other element here, and that is nothing could be done without um, a void of leadership in the White House. And we're seeing that, right? We're seeing, you know, in a video that I saw over the weekend from October, you know, Biden in, a, in an ice cream shop, you know, licking his, his double scoop ice cream waffle cone. And he's asked the question, he's going, lick, lick, right? <laughs> hey, are you concerned about the demise of the U.S. dollar? This was in October. And he said, no, I'm more concerned about the demise of the global economy. It's like, in what, what pre- country are you the president of? I mean, good grief. But so if I were Xi or if I were Putin, I'd see that statement and say, okay, now's our time to strike. Now's our time to act because America will not retaliate with anything given the fact that we're actually destroying their petrodollar status because we have a president of America that said he's more concerned about the global economy than he is his own. So you've got everything in alignment for them to actually take over. And this is what we're seeing play out economically, politically, militarily. All of the above is happening right underneath our nose, Josh. You know, Kirk, you're absolutely right. And and I look at patterns. I look at and see how kind of things are shaping around in the in the global sphere of influence. And one of the things that stuck out to me was Warren Buffett just got out of a multi-billion dollar position of Taiwan's TSMC, which is the largest chip manufacturer in Taiwan. And he just mm-hmm. sold off all of his shares. We have U.S. warships moving through the Taiwanese Strait. We have China doing military drills in the Yellow Sea. Um, I think that the world countries are all understanding that China is, if China is going to make a move on Taiwan, it has to be before the 2024 election. They have to do it while Joe Biden is still in power, which 
makes a major shift in the global economy and global uh, hegemony. So we could potentially see something happening with Taiwan here very soon. Oh, I agree. I mean, their time to act is now when they have no leadership in America. I mean, they can't wait to do that, assuming um, Trump becomes president in 24. Let's just make that assumption. Well, then they would realize, oh, my word, there would be retaliation for and economic consequences and military consequences, political consequences for our actions of dismantling the reserve currency status. They have to do it before then. I mean, if, if I were a leader of a foreign country and that was my goal, was to take over the reserve currency status of the world and kick the U.S. out of the sandbox, you have to do it before the 2024 election. You just have to. 100%. And Kirk... What is the best way for people to protect themselves? Oh, man, it's, it's actually quite an easy answer. Tangible assets. In a world where everything's digital, in a world where everything's falling apart, paper money's being eliminated from the system, gold and silver are thriving, not only as a flight for quality, but truly the, the, the inventory is diminishing from COMEX depositories. This is why, Josh, over the last two and a half weeks, silver's up over 20%, last six months over 40%. Take advantage of that trend so these trends don't take advantage of you. Kirk, appreciate you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you here later. Guys, we'll be back with more Dark Dark Delight Show right after this with myself and Jim Price. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. My name is Josh. You guys knew that. And Jim Price. Jim Price, how are we this doing guy. today? Doing all right, man. Good to see you. Uh, happy day after you sold your soul for taxes day, or wait, whatever that day was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and the day after you, oh, uh, here, let me have, here, have some more of my income. I, Josh, do you think I'm that far off when I say that our income is taxed at 300%? I mean, um, if you, well, if I you think really you're, do you're the math. Well, I think you're a little math, far off. 300% seems a little uh, excessive, don't you think? No, not really. I mean, if you think about the amount of uh, uh, taxation that goes into a gallon of gas, you know, the guy has to buy the property, and then he has to explore for oil, then he has to get a permit, and then he has to pay property tax on that, and he has to pay permit taxes, and... All these things, all these governmental things that touch one gallon of oil to get refined to get to you, and then at the pump, it's taxed at 50%, which is if you're selling the gasoline for a dollar, 50 cents of that is going straight to the government. If you sell it for $2, they get a dollar, and it's by percentages. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how we all run around going, oh, I'm so taxed at 30-some percent. And I'm like, but then your employer had to match those taxes on the back side. So when you have a check come to you for your payroll, uh, say you get $500, you get paid once a month, $500 comes out in tax. Well, your employer writes the $500 that he kept out of you, but he also has to match that and send it to the federal government. I don't understand why we don't see this in our real, our real daily lives. That right there is 60%. I mean, because your employer has to match it. That means your employer isn't giving you that money. He's getting taxed because you got taxed. I mean, these are the kind of things I just think we kind of forget how systematic they have just destroyed our ability to be, to thrive. I mean, really to thrive when we think about it. That's, well, that's, go ahead. 
I, well, I'm a firm supporter of a flat tax, which has been proposed in Congress. I think there's a bill right now in one of the House committees about this, basically abolishing the IRS, just getting rid of the complete IRS, which would save billions upon billions of dollars a year in spending and just implementing a, a flat sales tax. And, and, you know, people are like, well, that would be 30 percent. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, you know, if you're paying 30 percent. Or let's say 27% or 13%, right? If you're paying 13% on all your purchases, how does that reflect at the end of the year? The more you buy, the more taxes you pay. So if you're one of those people that – Right. And by the way, and things like food are not included. Okay? So food, vegetables, meats, those types of things, they're not taxed. Right. So – Things like gas or cigarettes or vehicles or these type these types of things are, are are taxed. So what this means is that we did the calculations, right? Mm-hmm. Now they currently bring in about I think it was like three point five or yeah like three point five four point five trillion a year in taxes. Is right. they would keep that income? They would keep that income yeah. rate. They, they would yeah. keep that income rate. Maybe even increase it a little bit. Okay, with a right. flat tax with people spending. Now, think about this is if you were able to get more of your money in each paycheck, if you're no longer paying federal taxes, just mm-hmm. think how how much more money you would have at the end of the month. You know, one of the things they need to get rid of, Jim, is yeah. FICA and Social Security. They absolutely oh, yeah. need to just abolish that system. What they need mm-hmm. to do is say, hey, look, every American, uh, whatever percentage, I think it's like 6.7% at each month. But you have to take that 6.7% and you have to put it into a private investment account. And they have to give you the option. And you can put it in any type of investment account that you want. But you can't touch it until you're 62. I mean, that's really what they should do. Is that say, well, hey, like instead Roth, of the government holding on to this, this for you for 3%, 3% interest yeah. each year, of which you're going to get you know $1,500 a month for, for 20 years. Um, instead, right. what they should lucky. do is allow you to put that money directly into any type of private investment account that you want. Yeah. Well, when you think about what Rand Paul and those guys were talking about with the flat tax, they were only saying a 10% consumer tax. And they said that within three years, we could literally be out of debt by just doing consumer tax. That's genuine consumer tax. That's not taxing property. That's not taxing food. That's not taxing utilities. Everything else, it's a, a, a you know, like if you buy a jet plane, you buy it for twelve million, you pay ten percent tax. That's it. There's no getting out of it. There's no deferred. There's no any of that stuff. You eliminate all of the little loopholes that that companies spend so much money trying to hide. Hey, you just pay ten percent. You don't have to pay thirty percent profit tax. You know, you just pay thirty percent on your purchases, and it changes the dynamics across the board. And that means all of, all government can be ran on that. And I know that you're saying you're saying thirty percent, but in reality, those ten percent tax rates—if everybody is paying "quote unquote" their fair share, because we all got to feel good—that it, it just comes out better, and, and it really does. And that means that the, the people who don't spend money, they just get to keep it all, and that means the money gets to gain some interest. And then the other people who want to spend it all, well, you know, they get hit ten percent. So those that are out there buying yachts and trying to call it as a second home and all this other stuff and tax defer it and all this stuff, well, no. You just yeah. pay 10% and you're done. And there's no tax loops. There's no any of that stuff. No running it off as a, right. you know, this building is And you know what this also that. does, Jim? 
Is the secures against those massive wealthy people? So you have a lot of these people talking about how, well, we need to tax the wealthy, tax the wealthy. The wealthy don't take income. The wealthy Mm -hmm. have all their assets within businesses of Mm -hmm. which those businesses and organizations have massive tax benefits. And the reason why those businesses and and organizations don't pay taxes is because the system's designed for them. That do you think a billionaire makes a billion dollars a year? They're not taking that out in cash. That's all stock and options and types of things. So here's the thing. If that billionaire goes out and buys, let's say, Twitter, and now he has to pay a 20% tax on that purchase – it's a different st- different story. If he goes out and buys a $800 million mansion, mm-hmm. now he has to pay taxes on that. That's yeah. a different story, and that increases the tax rate. I'm, I'm just saying, is there's a yeah. way better ways that we could be doing and running this country. Oh, absolutely. And I think the whole percentages of, okay, if so our GDP is $100 million, the federal government, they get 3%, the count, or the state gets, you know, yeah, you know, they got to split up the other. Uh, the, they got to split up the other seven, right? So, you know, the state gets two, then the county gets, you know, you know what I'm saying like, and then the city gets it, and so everything breaks down, and that's all you get. That's all you get. You don't get temper. You get ten percent of the GDP, period, and that's all you get to divide. There is none of this where you got to keep making government bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's only bigger if we're successful. You only get a bonus if we bonus, right? If, if, if there's more money because we, we got more a higher GDP, well, then you get to spend more next year. But next year, was, let's say we have a down year and the GDP falls down. Well, you're going to have to figure out what you think is most important. You're going to keep around instead of going and running the credit card just to keep your pet projects alive. Suddenly, the value of something changes, and the value of money changes. It can't just keep wildly spending it. Um, I know we're in the crush of they, they want to destroy the economy. I get that right now. So that's one thing we really have to take out of the today's equation. They are purposely destroying the economy because they're trying to put us into a new currency. That is self-evident. That, that is absolutely real, and we know that. So don't go over there and go, well, if we really try real hard, we'll save the dollar. No. The dollar is already dead. We just forgot to tell the the body. The head is gone, <laughs> um, and we we are we are in those times. Which is, again, I mean, I'm getting ready to. Th- I really want to make another big silver purchase. I really do because I'm looking at this and I'm I'm worried about getting my silver purchase in before all this collapse. Did you see the video of the Fed uh, Reserve uh, Board meeting? Did you see no, that? No, what happened? Oh no, no, I just saw this late last night. I wish I did. I got to send it to you. Um, they went through, and it was going through all these different people. Well, we can't let the American public know about this. We're going to make sure and do it on a Friday night. That way it, it has time to simmer over the weekend, and people aren't going to make a run on the bank. I mean, they're, they're, already, they're already talking about everything we're saying. They said it in real time in a, in a meeting, and that now has been leaked out. Uh, again, thank God for leakers, man. We gotta get. I gotta get the. I gotta get the aerosol spraying atmosphere guys. I gotta get one of those leakers. That's who I'm really looking for right now. But there was a leaker that leaked out this information about the Fed Reserve meeting that said, "Yeah, we know this crash is going to happen, and when it does, we're going to make sure that we make the announcement on a Friday afternoon after banks close." They they already know how they're going to do it. They already planned it all out. But what weekend that is, I don't know. And I, that's why I want to. I want to. I'm hoping to get this purchase made before uh, all this happens. Hmm. That's a real fear for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Man, that's what, uh, good. No, no. Well, I was. I was just commenting on what you were saying there, and you know, 
there, there's tons of stuff happening in the world right now. But if we look at what Joe Biden's corrupt, illegitimate regime is doing, is you're exactly right. They're killing the dollar. They're killing yeah. the dollar. This is this is the whole point. The only reason they wanted the Democrats in there again was to bring the United States down to a point of systematic destruction. This was mm-hmm. the point of Hillary Clinton in 2016. The first two years of her term was to kill the dollar, kill the economy. They already had everything set in place for that to happen and then go to war with Russia. And then you would have a pandemic outbreak. It was known as the 16-year plan. And now and Trump what they're doing – Yep, and Trump screwed that up, and now they're trying to basically reinitiate all that. That's why you had to have the pandemic, and they reorganized that. But, you know, they got their backs against the wall. Too many people are awake and seeing what's happening, and this is the problem for them. And mm-hmm. so this is why we get attacks like they're going to they're gonna ban rice. Did you hear about this whole rice thing? They're going to ban rice. Oh, they're saying rice creates too big of a carbon footprint? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is just so disingenuous. Arkansas, Northeast Arkansas is the largest producer of rice on earth, and yet nobody talks about that it drives that economy in Arkansas. But, we're, oh, you know, just get rid of rice. China, what, consumes half of their diet in rice? Like, all right, you guys first. You know, I mean, what are we talking about here? This is absolutely ridiculous. Now, remember we've said that – I've said this quite often. You know, they'd, it's, uh, they'd rather rule over a pile of ashes than deal with you. And then we're in a time – you're seeing the death throes of an animal when a de- an animal is at its you know its finest a- final hours when it knows it's going to die it will be its most vicious and that's why you see a lot of these attacks where they're coming out with the false flags where they're coming out with a, like the whole you know uh, Tennessee shooter with the changing of shoes mid mid thing you know these are the little details where they give you clues of what is real and what is not and sad thing of it is, is too many times you don't want to go out there and say, oh, this was a fake, this was a fake, this was a fake, because people emotionally get involved. But again, where are the families? Where are the grieving uh, siblings and things? Where are those people at? All right, we'll be back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight Show. So, mm-hmm. Switching gears here, did you see how Rand Paul completely grilled Mayorkas, calling him uh, um, Stalin? That what he's done with yeah. the DHS is nothing more wow. than Stalinism. Yeah. Well, what about the whole thing? Was the FBI director blatantly lied? I mean, they've got factual evidence that he blatantly lied about this. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that are coming out more and more here that I think people are going to be very disappointed that. I, I, again, okay, Josh, how is it that we're not winning, but yet we're hearing about all this stuff? It, we are hearing about it in the mainstream media more now now, more now more and more, um, that we are hearing about the truth. I mean, we are getting that out. So are we getting it the way we want it? Probably not, but we are getting some of it. Well, I, I think what's happening here is that, you know, the, the veil is being pulled back on the federal government, on the corruption, mm-hmm. on the deep state, on the bureaucracy. And this is really kind of bringing about an interesting setup for 2024 if we get there and allowed to have an election. And I say that Mm -hmm. with all seriousness. We have Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is going to be running for president on the Democrat ticket, which he's going to challenge Joe Biden. This is going to be absolutely epic because you're going to see a lot of traditional Democrats, liberals, moving towards RFK Jr., Instead of Joe Biden, he has the potential to actually 
go out there and unseat Joe Biden in the primaries. And just imagine how that's going to look in the sense of the uh, the the primary debate with Joe Biden and RFK. It's going to be right. a slaughterhouse. Um, then you have Donald Trump running for president. And whatever mm-hmm. happens at RFK, I think that we're going to potentially see a Donald Trump, Robert F. Kennedy ticket for 2024. We are going to see a bipartisan – think about this. A bipartisan ticket for Which used to be a thing. That used well, to, remember actually, the, it used to be law. That, that yeah, when the, the president, president and elected, the vice president, two different yeah, the people. Pr- they were two the different races. The president was elected. Race. The second person who came in the, the, most pop, in the popular vote – was elected yeah. president. So the person who was running against the, the elected president was the vice president. Right. Can you imagine Joe Biden being vice president under Trump right now? Oh, it'd be... <laughs> he wouldn't be I mean, a happy camper. Just, it would just be amazing. And here's Joe. Hey, Joe, you got anything you want to add to us? Well, never mind. You're just going to bumble it up anyway. All right, folks. You know, I could just imagine. Oh, that would be that would be entertainment right there. Oh, my Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine Joe up there sharing the stage with Trump? Just go back home, Joe. We don't need you here, man. Just move on. Oh, it would be amazing. Oh, wow. Why do I feel like I really want to see that? <laughs> I just, I don't know. Oh, the uh, I just lived through so much. I really would like to see them actually go at each other on that. But anyway, no, this is a this is a great time to be thinking about what you want the future to be because our we talked about on the show last night we talked about intention right where do you put your energy where do you put your strength where do you put your thoughts and that has everything to do with your house plants to your kids to your job to your the planet you're on and uh, you can do those things through intention we talked about that what was it we you said there was an experiment they did on that mm-hmm. and were able to see that people's intention can change the trajectory of the world nope well That's we got to focus our intention right yeah do you want it to be free and and uh, freedom and liberties no that'd be awesome what right? what kind of country do you want to live in what do you want in the sense of your future. And that's really what it comes down to is that I think that most Americans right now are ready for change back towards the Republic and constitutional rights. But also what we have with that is that not only are they ready for it, they're wondering what to do. They're wondering Mm -hmm. how they can help. They're wondering, well, what, 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 how can they get involved to make this happen? And, I mean, there's a lot of different things. And I would just say is prepare your household and, and get activated at the local level. Wow. Well, think about that is that it's, again, you it's getting active, right? Talking. Get out there and say something. Get involved and say, you know what, put 20 people on the ballot for mayor for your city. You know, get out there and, and state your piece. Get out there and run for, you know, city council. Or county commissioner, or the hey guys, you know the biggest the biggest places we're losing our government in is treasurer. You I mean you think you have to be qualified as a CPA and all that? Uh-uh. Treasurer holds a lot of power, can speed up or slow down the economy in a city. The same thing with the the uh, the court the the records. They have different things like some of them call them the election people, some call them a recorder. Uh, different counties call them different things. Those elected seats actually run the entire election. And people don't realize that that's an election f- official that's in there. Then you have the, all the way down to the dog catcher. A lot of times cities and county, uh, counties have all these elected positions, but nobody really runs from them. A lot of times they're left open. 
or there's just one person who just bothered to throw his name in there and they just get elected for and with no competition at all. So we leave a lot of our government unattended where we should be. And also your state level, look up uh, boards, uh, available board positions or uh, appointed board positions. Each governor in their new cycle has to appoint all these people to a transportation board, to a you know lakes board, to a fishing board, to all these different things. And there's des- designated positions for Republicans and Democrats and independents. And a lot of times those seats go empty because someone doesn't volunteer for that board, and some are paid. So you can actually go onto these boards and get paid a few bucks for travel or even for your time or just as a stipend uh, for being on the board. And you can actually change policy because what comes out of those boards goes to to the governor or goes to the legislator to actually change things. So there's a lot of opportunities that have nothing to do without going out and creating a huge campaign and spending a million dollars. It's just a matter of going and putting yourself on the ballot. (laughs) <laughs> that's it and you know be speaking up getting on your uh, your soapbox going out there and you know doing podcasts and radio shows getting on youtube or rumble getting on twitter having a social pre- presence getting out there and making statements that's what really is going to help change this world and everything that we're doing right now and so the fact that people are awake and aware and are peed off that's a good thing mm-hmm. it's an incredibly oh, yeah. good thing um but yeah i mean listen maybe maybe we should have an event in rochester for july 4th the july 4th weekend maybe maybe well it's not the july 4th weekend actually the weekend july 4th let me see here because Hmm. i'm gonna be in town july 4th in rochester oh you're gonna be in town all right yep i'm gonna be in town and july 4th is a tuesday so i'll be in town probably on the 30th right and so i'm thinking we need to do an event in Rochester, New York, that weekend. Do something the first on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking we need yeah. to do something. So if you guys are interested in that, if you're interested in doing in for Jim and I or just myself, we'll see how Jim, if maybe we can get Jim out there. Uh, yeah. Doing an event I'm in not, the Rochester, I'm not New scared York area you. July 4th. I'm not well, I did, it's 4th of July weekend. I didn't know if you wanted to or not. <laughs> if you guys are oh, interested yeah, in that, and and please go ahead and, and send the radio station an email, send us an email, uh, give a phone call in, and we mm-hmm. will try to get something set up with a venue and an event and see what we can do. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Oh no, I would. I mean, if if we're gonna go out there and we're gonna we're gonna talk about individual freedoms and individual liberties, we're gonna talk about America and the Constitution. I don't care if it's Christmas. I'm showing up. I'm gonna be there. I'll do it. So, all about it. Let's do these things. And hey, you know, I like blowing stuff up. And uh, you know, I mean, you guys still are allowed to do that, aren't you guys? Does New York have? Can you guys do fireworks in New York? Oh yeah. All right. I don't know. That's you guys have outlawed. You have outlawed white people, I think. Is that I think all the white people have to leave now, don't they? Well, Western New York is completely different than New York, New York. I will tell you, it, it's actually a really <laughs> I know. good time. It's I'm a picking really on good them. Time. <laughs> I was picking on them the other day, talking about how they, you know, hey, you guys, uh, how's that brag guy working out for you guys? You guys are paying a salary there in New York. That really worked out well, didn't it? <laughs> Sorry. All right, guys. Jim's going to join you for the next hour. I will be back with you tomorrow with Jim. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.
There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show, your second hour here on Mondays and Wednesdays with your host here, Jim Price. Thank you guys for keeping around that long, extended lunch. I think, honestly, the way the world's going right now, we need to be thinking about that self-preservation. A lot of this is going on that we cannot seem to want to slow. We don't, I, I, let me, I don't want to contradict myself in that statement. Let me, let me take that back. We know this stuff is going on. We have to prepare ourselves and be ready for what we know is coming and and just be the be ready, right? You know, have the talk conversation over and over again. I know I talked about earlier with Josh that you know I'm I'm wanting to make a silver purchase, but I'm worried about being able to when the timing is when I'm going to make that silver purchase, and then when this whole thing goes goes south. And you know, it's it, it's not that I'm you know I'm not buying a million dollars with silver. If I had a million dollars to buy silver with, I obviously would, uh, because just of the the upward uh, mobility of it. But the sad part of it is, is I have to think that way because I have a lot of people who sit around in in these suits with pressed shirts, making millions a year, destroying what little I have. And all I'm wanting to do is have peace, enjoy myself and my property, be able to do my thing, and 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 not and not worry about other people's junk, not worry about all this other stuff, not worry about trying to fight people. Why? Why are we trying to ramp up our our budget for forty million or forty percent to go fight China? I mean, it literally forty percent of the the defense budget has been earmarked for defense uh, against China in an upcoming war. You talk about you know projecting. This is this is this is where when we talk about your your intent, your heart, the things you you focus on. This is where you're seeing that our government has set down on paper. And here's the thing, guys. They didn't write up the budget like last week. They didn't go in like, oh, hey, man, uh, what, you guys want to put some money towards China? Well, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, okay, let's just put it down. Uh, hey, uh, don't forget to put some money in there for China war. <laughs> no, this is stuff that, that when they start talking about these budgets, these budgets are developed a year in advance. And then they're fine-tuned and honed down and worked with and all this other stuff. The sad part of it is I do believe our government should literally be built off of a percentage. And that's only – okay, so I've done a lot of business cases. I've worked with a lot of companies and a lot of uh, consulting in my time, sitting down with them, going through their books, you know, looking for expansion opportunities, looking to you know, acquire other companies, whatever. And I've done a lot of this work. And, this, and what I don't understand is if you go to a bank – so okay, Jim Price going to go to a bank. I want to. I want to start a business. I'm going to sell donuts, right? And uh, like on the show last night, I was like, "Hey, send donut money." We were talking about donations for you know the uh, while we're on the air. It's like, "Hey, don't forget to send donut money. We need donut money." And uh, as we were talking about this, you know, for <laughs> for me to go in, I want to start a donut company, right? I'm going to make donuts. I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. every day because that's what I want to do. I want to make donuts. And I want to make them with uh, fry them in lard the way they're supposed to be fried, not in vegetable oil, which is an estrogen-based oil, which goes rancid the moment it's pressed out of the vegetable. And then they put deodorants into it, and then you're eating those deodorants when you cook your food in vegetable oil. 
Anyway, let's say I want to start that donut shop. Well, I've got to go into the bank and I got to show that I'm going to put X amount of money down. Here's the property I want to purchase. Here's the equipment I want to buy. Here's the value of all these things. Here's the construction portion of it. Here's the upfront cost to get the business going, getting supplies in the door. Here's what I'm going to have for labor for the first year. And then I go down to the bank and I say, okay, uh, this is what we're going to spend on advertising, blah, 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 all the way down. And I really just detail the crap out of it, right? I'm just really in there giving it to them. And even then, the banker's like, well, I don't think you really got your plan together. But yet at our federal government, our city, county, state, and the federal government, not once does anybody go into this budget and go, you're going to spend how many billions on administration? I mean, this is, and here's the thing. The entire federal government is nothing but overhead. What does the federal government produce? No, and this is what you have to think about in a business case. What does the federal government produce? What does a school system produce? What does a university produce? And if you say that, oh, we, we, we produce higher educated people to go out and be, you know, and thrive in today's society. No, they, that, that is propaganda. They have absolutely 100% sold you on that idea that you believe that they're creating better human beings. But what is their accountability for the billions or trillions of dollars that have been going in the education system? What are the billions and trillions of dollars going into the federal government? What have you got back out of the federal government? And the trillions of dollars they spend year after year after year after year. What? More debt? More taxation, more tricks on how they're going to get more money out of you? Guys, I don't really think you believe that, that, that my statement of 300% taxation, I don't think you guys believe it. Because if you did understand and you believe what I'm saying, you'd stop. And there's no banker out there in the world that's going to go into this whole thing and say, so you're going to get people to pay 300% for the product that they pay, you know, so if the product's worth a dollar on the shelf, but when you get to the counter, it's 300% top more, how are you going to get people to buy that? Oh, don't worry about it. I'll just make them do it. I'll create a law that they have to do it. And this is the this is slippery slope where we've gotten ourselves into. If you see the multiple layers of taxation from everything from property ownership to permits to building costs, to ongoing regulations, ongoing taxations, all these different things on every single thing you do in your life, you realize that we're in an absolutely broken business model. There's not one bank. I don't care if you know the guy that owns the bank. I don't care if he's your dad, your brother. I don't care if it's you that owns the bank. You're not going to loan you you, you're not going to loan yourself the money to create the federal government because there is no return on investment, the ROI, okay? Return on investment. You guys have heard this before. I've mentioned it a few times, but we really have no, we have no, we have no benefit. Tell me, tell me how being the most incarcerated country on earth, and that's against the first 10 countries on earth, even China. China supposedly has 1.3 billion. That means they have a billion extra people than we do. They have a billion extra people than we do, and yet we still incarcerate at a higher level, and yet we're the freest country on earth? Now, wait, they have a, they have a million Uyghurs, which are basically Islamic, Islamic Chinese people in their country in concentration camps, trying to re-educate them out of Islam, okay? They have a million of those. Those are called the Uyghurs. We, as Americans, are the freest country on earth. 
and we incarcerate more than anybody else on earth, and you're telling me that this is a, this is a successful business model? We have taxation on things that really are detrimental to people surviving. I mean, we're talking about real survival. Joe the Biden, the, the, the potato-in-chief, the pedo-in-chief that we have there sitting in the fake White House with the movie sets and all that st- those things with the masks on, that individual repealed the insurance uh, cap on insulin and then waited a year and a half and said, by the way, I'm going to lower in, uh, insulin down to $35 a month. Well, that's exactly what Trump had already done, but he repealed it. And allowed the insurance companies to go in there and gouge people for two years, and then he turned around and he said he reversed it. Well, the problem is, is he did, really didn't reverse it. And a lot of people aren't getting the true benefit of that. Now, there are some that do, and it's mostly the government that benefits from it, not the individuals who have benefit from it. So again, this is all semantics, it's all wordplay, it's all this, you know, oh, the shell game of things. But tell me what the return on your city is. Now, think about what your city's done to you. Think about the fact that, like, I, I've got an environmental ticket because my logs that I had stacked up for wood burning, that the pile at the one end, I hadn't finished it yet. But the inspector, the sea inspector, went by my house, was saw that my gate was open. It could see that the wood had fallen down, or it wasn't fallen down. It had not been stacked up yet. I hadn't finished the whole thing. And they gave me an environmental ticket for <laughs> storing uh, wood in a what they call it like an unclean manner or something it was really weird it was really but this is an ordinance in the city that if your wood pile is not stacked correctly or in a uniform manner they can fine you $135 now tell me how the city benefited me on that what was the benefit of them ticketing me for my logs not being stacked up cleanly i hadn't finished my job right i hadn't finished my work but this is the world we live in where what has the city really done for you? Oh, they keep crime down. Do they? Because honestly, how much crime is really being committed? And how many people are we paying huge salaries to to do what? Run LIDAR on the freeway? Run around and make sure and see if your taillight's out because that's what makes the society better? But yet we hear about these other crimes that really aren't being taken care of. How about the 800,000? Now, I'm, guys, I'm using the low number. How about the 800,000 kids that go missing in America every year, year after year, and not one of those cases is solved? How about those guys? See, this is where I'm asking you guys, you're putting trillions of dollars just in the federal level. I'm not talking about the individual cities across this country. I'm not talking about the individual counties across this country. There's 105 counties in Kansas alone. And they've all got their own separate budget. And then every city's got its own separate budget. Then the state has its own separate budget. And then the federal government has its own separate budget. But what is your return on your investment? How is your life truly better because you're getting taxed at such an outrageous rate? That's a question you have to ask yourself. And how much longer are you going to keep in this abusive relationship? Do you have a commercial break coming up here, guys, on the Dark Delight Show? We'll be right back. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using 
promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. It's a fantastic song. This is one of those good ones. I mean, you guys, you guys go roller skating to this one? You guys remember roller skating? Like on Friday, Saturday nights, do the late skate, that whole thing? This, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. I miss roller skating, though, I tell you. Um, we do have a caller calling in. Uh, Keith, are you there? Yes, sir. You know I had to call in when you gave that old canard that we incarcerate more than China. China is a police state. We have no idea how much uh, many of their population they put behind bars. Even if you factor out the Uyghurs, uh, they could be incarcerating just the mere fact they are a police state. Many people we don't even know about. And uh, they even uh, harvest, if only prisoners, for their organs. So um, Mm. I know you have a lot of material to cover. In closing, what country would you rather live in other than the United States? I do believe we are the freest country. Where would you rather live? Well, the, th- the sad part of it is I do believe that America is the freest country. But how much better could we be if we took off the chains we have and go back to the Constitution? That's really my, my, my reset point is back to the Constitution, how we started this country. So, no, I agree with you. I agree, yeah. If we, if we went back to the Constitution... Uh, but uh, sadly, and it started as early, because uh, I tried to uh, look at it some years ago, as early as the 1820s. We were that mm-hmm. far back, we drifted away from the Constitution as it was put together by our true founding fathers. So the uh, decline, yeah. and so far as the true rot of our system, goes back um, well back into the 19th century. 
So I guess yeah. in closing, if it's that far back, uh, at least the 1820s, and now we're in the true, true modernity, how do we get the Constitution back when, uh, and I'll make it analogous to people today, many people not being interested in religion, people think, mm-hmm. well, I just don't need to go to church anymore. People shrug off the Constitution. My final thought, right. if you're going to make uh, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence a real real breathing documents, you have to capture the imagination of the American people. You have to let them see the benefit of these founding documents. And it all begins in the schools. The liberals, the left has taken over. And in conclusion, the epitaph for our country could be it all started in the schools. That's where the rot came from. Uh, The lefties got in there, brainwashed our young people. Uh, What conservative parents today will want to send their conservative children off to college, only have them, have them become uh, propagandized and brainwashed and come back raving libs. So it, yeah. it's in the education. That's where it is. Badly, uh, the liberals are all over education, and we are getting away from the Constitution, etc., because our young people are not being taught those founding documents. Absolutely. Keith, you're spot on on this, and I you know, I appreciate your passion on this because it's it's what we really need in all of us. I need about a thousand Keiths lined up on the phones waiting to get in to call the show. You know, and I, Keith, I love your passion. I love what you're talking about. I love your grit because that's what we need to get back to that point of just being a constitutional republic as opposed to the communism light socialism that we're in now. All right. I know you uh... – you have many things to discuss, so thank you for listening, and I'll keep listening. And yeah. You're a good man. Thank you, sir, Keith. We'll talk to you soon, sir. All right. Well, you know, this is what we're talking about. I mean, we have, you know, he's asking, like, what country do you want to go to? Well, I don't want to go to another country. I just want to just quit getting crapped on in a country that I know is based on freedom. And I and it's like, it's just that simple. It's like the return on investment that I was talking about in the last segment. What are we getting for that? Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that we're really wasting. How innovative could we be? How much more amazing could America be right now if we just took the boot off of our neck? You know, let's go. Let's all. I mean, why can't we create the chant? I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe with your jack boot on my neck. You're cutting off the circulation to my brain because my artery and my veins run in my neck there, and now you're cutting off my airway. I cannot survive with the pressure that you put on me. And that right there, I should never, I should, guys, listen to me. I should never, not even begin to imagine that that statement could be factual in America. That right there, you should stop what you're doing and really think about what your values are when I, Jim Price, or even yourself, can think of that analogy as being even 1% accurate. 1% accurate. I, we should be at a full stop saying, Ooh, no, not in my country. Not in my country. This will not exist in my country. And yet... Like he was, Keith was just talking about. We we only went through about two generations, about forty to fifty years before we started thinking that we needed to tell other people what to do. How easily, how a slippery slope of selfishness and and non self reliance that we fell into, where we went to the government and said, "Hey, I make him paint his house a better color, make him comb his hair different." 
Meh, meh, meh. See, this is where, again, we need a daddy. We need a king. We need a dictator. No. We need ourselves. And if we don't start really truly living and speaking that in our daily lives, then really just we don't need to, we don't need to be doing any of this. If you guys don't want freedom, then we just need to shut the whole thing down. Just figure out what jumpsuit you're going to wear every day. Make sure and look on the calendar because don't wear the wrong color jumpsuit because that's what the government tells you to do. You know, you're gonna, and then you're going to eat your bugs. And by the way, guys, really quick on bugs, full stop. If you consume bugs, there are chemicals inside the digestive system, even if they're cooked, there are chemicals inside the digestive system of bugs that is literally such a neurotoxin to you. You might as well just be inhaling Agent Orange. You might as well be just going into the, the, the death chambers and Auschwitz yourself. Bugs carry certain chemicals in their body to digest things that we have no business ingesting. And their, bo- their bodies, their skeletons, their little exoskeletons and other things like that, the inside of their digestive system, there are toxins in there that will literally kill you. And that is a full stop. Why? I don't care if you like bugs or not. You can like them. Okay, whatever, man. You know, I read the book uh, How to Eat Fried Worms when I was a kid. You know, and it really disgusted me. I was like, there's no way I want to. Why would someone eat a fried worm? The whole book, I was just like, ugh. And I wrote a book report on it. But the idea is, guys, they're, are, they're trying to tell you to normalize certain things only because they think you're so stupid as to never push back. And that's how we've gotten where we are. Where we're supposedly listening to the UN because they're going to take over our next crisis. I have told you guys that gas prices were going to exponentially climb through the rest of the year. And then just after the first year, sometime around Feb, uh, January, February next year, gas prices will start to plummet down through the summer. And I say plummet because I'm not sure how high they're going to really push them this year. But they'll start creeping down. They'll drop down five cents and ten cents and five cents and ten cents. And that way, going through the summer months, through the really big campaigning schedule next summer, they're going to make sure the gas prices are down there for real low. So you forget, get a little selective amnesia about how they were running those prices up on you the entire year prior. So you're going to see record profits from all your oil producers this year. Oh, yeah. And they're going to love it. They're going to be making tons of money. Next year, they're going to talk about how gas prices are, oh, they can barely keep the gates open. They can barely keep things going. Again, this is the manipulation of you. And if you don't break away from this, if you don't stop this, we're going to, I mean, don't be surprised when you're in a little cage and wearing a jumpsuit. Don't be surprised. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a huge amount of research. and I, I made a prediction on Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk is developing a hydrogen-powered car. I believe he's actually spending an enormous amount of the money that he has and he's and that he's built, putting into these quote-unquote electric cars. Electric cars are not, nothing new. It's a battery pack with a bunch of C and D-sized batteries that are ch- daisy-chained together. There's nothing special about the battery pack. It's just flashlight batteries welded together. I'm not even kidding you. That's how simple those are. Oh, but they're, but they're regulated by computing power. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so I think he's actually right now in the process of going through and creating a hydrogen-powered car. Hydrogen-powered generator that can then produce electricity or just combustible you know, mechanical power, however you want to do it. But I think he's moving to hydrogen. I think we're going to see that in, the, in the, probably the next 18 months to maybe two years. That's going to come out, uh, that we're going to see hydrogen and other types of uh, clean energy actually come out and make a difference for us. But really, the guys, this is all this 
keeping you stupid, keeping you dumbed down, keeping you eating the Pringles and the Cheetos and the and the pizza, right? Guys, how amazing would pizza be if it was really just flour and lard and some tomatoes and some really amazing, you know, pepperoni and some sausage? And I mean, how amazing would that be? If it was legitimately just what it says it is, not all the niacin and all the you know churched up flour and all the other stuff they're trying to do to us. What if we just went back to the old school stuff? How amazing would those flavors be? But we can't we can't know that. Why? Because we're all in this busy, hurried day of running down to the local whatever and picking up a a, jo- a junk box of pizza. First thing is like, well, let's just go get some pizza because you know it's really not that great. But this is going back to the tie-in of how we have really given up a lot of our decision-making skills and the quality of our life to other people that really don't have our best interest at heart. What is the return on your investment? Well, I don't think it's a very good return on your investment. And I'm really worried about – there's some things – there's an article I'm going to come back with uh, after, the, after the bottom of the hour break. Marines foil Fed plot to explode U.S. military base. And this is actually an article here. I'm going to read it to you guys when we get back. But there's a lot of stuff out there, guys. They're trying to get you. Be better than that. Don't be a victim. All right, I'm Jim Price of Dr. Light Show. We're going to be right back after these messages. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show here uh, on WYSL. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm your host, Jim Price, on that second extended lunch hour. Uh, guys, this is the part where we really want to talk about what we're doing out there and why it seems like it just doesn't seem natural, why things seem odd. Well, I'm, I'm reading an article here. It says realrawnews.com. On Sunday, United States Marines at the USMC Air Station Cherry Point, North Carolina, apprehended two FBI agents who had entered the base undetected and were skulking around uh, near an ordnance building in the, uh, that held bombs for the 2nd Marine Aircraft Wing AV-8B Harrier and the F-35 Lightning II jets. Um, a, source in, uh, ge- uh, a source in General Eric Smith's office told Real Raw News, Cherry Point, uh, regarded as one of the, the best all-weather jet bases on in the world, uh, sits on 29,000 acres of land in North Carolina. The heart of Cherry Point is its massive four-point runway system de- uh, designed to provide multiple approach and departure advantages to all aviation who can fly there. So it goes on to see, it says, at 10.45 p.m. Sunday, uh, that would be late at night, Sunday night, an aircraft mechanic spotted two shadowy figures outside a secure ordnance de- depot. He calls security, saying a couple of guys are in technical gear with sidearms are loitering around the depot loading doors. Then uh, they did not appear to be authorized personnel. And so then it, uh, this is, this is <laughs> guys, the fact that I can read this and really not hesitate to wonder whether it's real or not or factual or not, that is a failed republic. The idea that we are now hearing about not only did we have FBI agents, we had Homeland Security, we had NSA, we had CIA, we had Capitol Police, we had Washington, D.C. police, we're all in on January 6th. It is coming out now more and more and more and more how many people were really paid federal agents, your government, trying to get people to create violence at the Capitol. And to say that there was only uh, like 100 people that bothered to walk through the, p- the place 
You know, seriously, that is a miracle. And the fact that our government spent that many resources, planned and conspired and and allocated, you know, extra time, overtime pay, all this other stuff for these guys to go in and try to get your fellow man to commit a crime that was never really a crime to begin with. This is no different than the the uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmore uh, case where the there was FBI agents literally sleeping with guys trying to get them to kidnap the governor and they wouldn't follow through with it. And this is this is the sad part of this is that our government has FBI agents sleeping with people to try to get them to commit federal crimes. That right there should never that is not something that we should have. And if you don't stand up against it, you're going to continue to hear those type of stories come out over and over and over again. Just like the election stuff that's going on in Arizona. Do you guys that know that the uh, the Supreme Court has actually ordered a recount in Arizona? Oh, yeah, the Arizona Supreme Court has told, even though they tend to be a liberal Supreme Court, they're making the, the, the lower courts go back and actually verify signatures in the Arizona uh, election, showing that the attorney general was actually uh, uh, won by another man, not the person who's in there now. And the same thing with Carrie Lake, that Carrie Lake actually beat Hobbs. But we can't have that conversation, but we are having that conversation, that we know there's a problem there, but then we don't realize that the problem is being fixed, and there are people putting that effort forth. But we're not standing behind them in a unified way. No different than we're not standing behind the idea that not in my country, not in my country, you're not going to do this, you're not going to talk this way, you're not going to manipulate me, manipulate me this way, this is something I'm going to stand against. And that's where they got you. And guys, I am, I've said this a thousand times, I know it rubs some people raw, but if you can actually tell me that this isn't factual, then I will have to reconsider my point of view. But I'm telling you right now, the thin blue line has to figure out whether the oath of the Constitution that they took to uphold against those people, those enemies, foreign and domestic, if they cannot figure out which side of it's on, then we don't know which way we can actually act. And even though in our Constitution it says we are able to redress our grievances with our public servants, and we are allowed to replace them at any time necessary with a government we see fit, when they get their mind wrapped around that, then we know that we actually have a free country that we're able to go in and say, I see you doing nefarious things, and I am going to replace you with someone who can be trustworthy. And if they're not trustworthy, I will replace them with someone who is as trustworthy. And that's how it works, that we get rid of those that we know that are doing things like Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. We get rid of these people. But when I hear about a sheriff just only the, about 100 miles from me, just south of the Oklahoma border, uh, it was caught on a three-hour phone conversation conspiring how to kill a reporter and talking about putting them in a deep hole and that one of them's got a backhoe. I mean, this is terrifying stuff that we had two sheriffs and two county commissioners talking about this in real time in the deep red state of Oklahoma. Now, this is scary. This is scary, and it should terrify you. But that fear, that fear, should motivate you to set other people free by making sure that we're not being victimized by our own government. Now, I've given you about five or six or seven different examples just in that little three- or four-minute dialogue of all these different things where we have, a, we have military personnel on a closed base where you have to have access to get on there by showing military ID to show you have permission to be on that base. This is the world I lived in for 18, almost 18 years. 
And my my security clearances were very sensitive, and they 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 scanned that card every time I went in, every time I went in the gate, every time I went on the airfield, every time I went to a building. They were rerunning my background. But these two individuals were walking around around a, de- a, a military um, armory, and this is not national news. Oh, why? Because it's our own nation trying to do something nefarious. Do you see how bad that is? Do you, that that right there. Going back to the illustration, and I keep bringing this up again because I want you guys to be able to repeat this narrative absolutely perfect. Stalin would have rather incarcerated nine innocent people than to ever let one one bad guy go. That was his mantra. That's what he believed in. But our Constitution, and this is actually the this is the truth right here. It's called Brownstone's uh, Brownstone's observation of the Constitution. He talks about it says that our Constitution is written that we would rather let nine criminals go, people, nine criminals go, than ever to offend, to ever offend one single American. But are you offended that your government is going in and trying to blow up your own military base? Are you offended that your own government devised 9-11? Are you offended that your own government's trying to start a war with China when we're really not mad at them and they've done nothing to us? Oh, yeah, they're infiltrating us because we're letting them. Not because we're trying to hold back our defenses. We're not holding back China from invading us. We're not holding them back from buying our property. We're not holding them back from buying our food processors. We're not holding them back from putting police stations. We're not holding back the UN from owning property in America either. So in reality, we're not doing anything, but we sure are complaining, and we're going to put together some extra money out of thin air to go fight China. Why? They make 90% of our pharmaceuticals. Do you think they're going to continue to send our pharmaceuticals to us the the first moment we send a bomb their way? I mean, do you guys really think that all you guys can live without your blood pressure medications or your cholesterol medications that these doctors have all put you on? Think about this. You go drop a bomb on China for any reason. I don't care if it's on a boat. I don't care if it's one of their planes. I don't care if it's on their sovereign ground as China. You drop a bomb on there, and I guarantee you all these shipments of this cheap, China crap that they send to us will stop immediately because that's what happens in war. But we're going to put together a bunch more money so we can do that. Oh, Warren Buffett's pulled money out of, you know, the, the Taiwan uh, biochip or not the biochip, but the uh, uh, semiconductor chip. Well, yeah, because a lot of what's going on in America is we were bringing semiconductor chip fam- uh, far, uh, manufacturing facilities online right now. We're doing a lot of great things. Trump put us on a lot of great paths. If we don't follow through with them, they're not going to be that great. But in reality, why are we out there doing that? Because that way we can hide all this debt. We can hide all this financial turmoil under the war. We'll blame it on the war. We'll blame it on China. We'll blame it on Russia. I mean, the fact that Russia didn't come over and stomp a mud hole into us when we bombed the Nord Stream pipeline, you can call that a miracle. I mean, seriously, guys. That is more than an act of war. We know, we know, everybody knows exactly what happened there. And they're like, oh, well, the UN needs to investigate it, and then they'll give us a final reporting on that. No, we all know who was there, what was there. We all got sonar, we all got radar, we all got telecommunications hacking devices, we all know what was going on. And the sad part of it is, is that alone, the fact that Russia didn't go in, like I said, and stomp a new mud hole into us, we are that's a miracle because they had all the rights on the world that is a infrastructure cash flow that is a strategic hit against them and that didn't cause the war guys we we're not going to war with anybody 
because they're trying to battle us. We're going to war with them just because we're picking a fight. And we're going to get smacked around, and we're going to have a lot of our men and women die in combat because of what? Because they don't want you to know about how screwed up they are at handling finances? If anybody has been through, I went through business school, and I'm going to tell you right now, none of this stuff makes sense. None of it's financially going to be positive. So be mindful of that. All right, guys, we've got a commercial break coming up. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, We do have a caller. Dave, you there? Hey, Jim. How are you? John. Sorry, John. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Listen, you know, I just heard uh, today about the Dominion settlement uh, with Fox. Mm -hmm which amounted uh, to about $800 million, I guess. And the right. thing that really bothers me is, you know, I'm not, I don't know the facts, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I would be surprised if there wasn't any manipulation of of the vote in 2020 by the, some of the Dominion stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing that bothers me is that a lot of the states 
turned down audits. Uh, there was requested audits and uh, forensic uh, investigation into the voting machines in various states and the border, uh, border, border ground states, and uh, these states turned it down. So how could, how could Fox come up with any evidence of manipulation of the voting machines if they weren't available for forensic uh, investigation? Well, parts of it were because there was actually testimony, and there has been convictions of people who have tampered with the elections, and it's not made much national news at all. What you're talking about is is that we don't know, in a defamatory uh, case like this, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people that are making statements, a lot of things that are said, but in reality, they say that they settled at 275 or whatever, 500 million, or let's say it's a billion dollars. The, what, how is that actually going to get paid out? Who's actually writing the check? $787 million was supposedly the settlement. Right. But will it ever actually get paid? And what was Dominion? But see, I remember Fox had a countersuit. So what happened to the countersuit? See, there's just there's all these things about this that don't make a lot of sense, and it seems like a lot of posturing because if Fox is willing to take it on the chin to say, oh, yeah, sorry, we didn't mean to say that, were they sacrificing so that they look like they're on the right side of things? So the media, they've jumped on the bandwagon and basically mm-hmm. uh, have, have said that this uh, manipulation by Dominion are a bunch of lies, and uh, this right. settlement just uh, encourages that line of thinking and takes away from the other types of fraud that went on. Uh, the, yeah. And that's what really bothers me a lot is the media continues to pound the, just on the fraud, the voter fraud issue in 2020, they continue to pound, pound the uh, rhetoric that it's all a lie. All the fraud talk is a lie. And uh, this yeah. is one more nail in the coffin of brainwashing the American public, and again, the media has to be has to be uh, attacked, verbally attacked, and ridiculed because uh, we've got to reduce the trust in the mainstream media uh, in the eyes of the American public or the Republicans. And I'm not even a Republican; I'm an independent. But they're our last yeah. hope. They're never going to win a presidential election again unless the word gets out that the, the lying and the propaganda by the mainstream media, which controls 90% of the messages out there, are, right. are false and, and yeah. uh, have to be ridiculed. And until that happens, Republicans will never win another presidential race. Well, and I think you're, you're, we, we might want to talk about the fact that we know the guy who owns Fox, he's left. He's a, he's a liberal. Right. So the idea is that he he took it on the chin. Oh, hey, I'll write you that check. I'll 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 plead guilty on this. I really fought a good fight. Oh, look, we 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 said bad things about you because it was a defamatory uh, comment that was made. It was something that was quote unquote they said not factual, but they actually don't admit to doing any wrong. They just are paying it to stop it. So is he going to ever really write that check? Does that really ever go to Dominion? Well, that's the part where we won't know what on the back side of this because we're not going to see those checks cleared, right? Well, that's a good. But then, we, that's a go very good point. And, and uh, I really think I really thought when this lawsuit was filed originally that this would mm-hmm. be good because they'd have to go and investigate uh, and forensically these these machines. 
And apparently, right. uh, the, the 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 court and well, the judges number one are corrupt or at at best uh, just partisan, and and uh, they they weren't going to probably allow them to the Dominion machines to be opened up to forensic study, and yeah. that that really would be the defense in this case. Yeah. Well, and you think about it, if it's a de- uh, defamatory comment, there's not going to be, quote-unquote, evidence other than the, the statements made on air. So they're not going to actually go in and try to disprove by opening up the Dominion box and say, look, here, your statement was wrong. All it was is they gave up fighting by going ahead and doing this out-of-court settlement. Um, and it's all – I think it's all posturing. I think it's all a lie. Um, I've been dealing with election fraud since 2016. And so it's a real thing where we have this shiny object of things, redirection. Um, I'll give you this. Well, you said the corrupt judges. The judge I had coffee with for three years on my birthday said happy birthday, and he knew that he had signed the SWAT raid on my house that morning at 6 a.m., and at 10 a.m. they were coming into my house. If you want to talk about the shadow government, you want to talk about evil judges, they exist even in the Republican Party. You know, it's ironic also, uh, mm-hmm. Bush, when he won in 2000 and 2004, remember the hubbub by the left about uh, mm-hmm. uh, corrupt and uh, compromised uh, voting machines? Diebold, oh, yeah. I think, was the uh, vendor back then. And, right. uh, and, that, and then when Trump wins, they claim uh, election fraud there with manipulation by the Russians. It's unbelievable <laughs> that uh, yeah. this is happening in this country. That's a lot of gaslighting, isn't it? Unbelievable. And yep. i, I got to tell well, you, uh, I think yes, it goes back to the media. I'm doing everything yeah. in my power to ridicule the media in the, in, in the way that is truthful, that mm-hmm. the, the messages are corrupt, lies, disinformation, misinformation. It's, it's every day, daily, on all kinds of topics, climate change, election mm-hmm. fraud, immigration, etc. Yeah. Hardly anybody realizes that five million uh, illegal immigrants have come into this country under under Biden in a two-year period. Most people don't know that because the media doesn't put out that message. So uh, right, right. let's continue to attack verbally and ridicule yeah. the media for their lies. Absolutely. Well, we got we got to stand up somewhere, right? And, and I don't think it takes that many of us to make the ch- winds of change happen, but we're pretty close to it. Keep up the fight, Jim. We'll be yes, talking sir. to you. Very good, sir. Thank you for your call. I'll talk to you soon. Well, the guys, this is an exact example of, you know, it, it's the frustration, right? It's, do you are you able to replace your government? Are you able to do these things? I mean, I'm looking at an article right here. Uh, the Great Reset. U.S. bets billions on direct air capture. Uh, leftists claim that uh, that is, uh, is are giving life to a technology that for years has been uh, marginal, pulling carbon dioxide from the air. Guys, if they pull carbon dioxide from the air, your plants will die. You will defoliage the entire earth. We are putting $3.5 billion into CO2 capturing. Guys, this is going to kill your planet. We are building devices spending $3.5 billion. It's right here on this article. $3.5 billion to capture carbon out of their not carbon, CO2 out of the air, which is what they put into your soda and your beer and your champagne. 
and to your sparkling wine. This is a problem for me when this is the kind of lunacy where I got a government spending $3.5 billion. $3.5 billion. I don't know. You do the math. How much is that per man, woman, and child in America? That's right there should blow your mind that this is what they're willing to do to go out there and continue their lunacy of climate change. There is no such thing that is man-made. We are absolutely lying to us. If we really were going to change the climate, wouldn't during the Industrial Revolution where we supposedly were spewing so many toxins in the air, weren't we supposed to have – shouldn't we have then had a huge climate change event back then? No, we didn't. You know what we had? We had more trees and vegetables and more plants and more growth in our country than we had ever seen during the Industrial Revolution. But we don't want to talk about that because it doesn't fit the narrative control. And you guys, if you guys want to be controlled, I guess that's where this all plays into effect right here. We have a real problem with ourselves, and we cannot see what's obvious. We are the difference makers. You guys are the difference makers. We can do this together. Just got to start talking. Thank you guys so much for the call today. It was awesome to have you guys as a part of the Dr. Light Show. We'll be back tomorrow on WYSL. I'm your host, Jim Price. You guys all have a good day, and we'll see you later. 